Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Do this. Take a deep breath in. Just hold it. Just let it go. Do it again. In. That's not your breath. That's God's breath. He just gave it to you as a gift. Let it go. One last time. Every breath is a gift, and when we exhale, we say thank you to God for all that he's done. Just let it go. That's worship. Listen, before you're seated, why don't you this? Why don't you take time and greet some of the wonderful people that are right around you? Encourage them. Just love on them right now. How many of you could be honest enough to say that, man, sometimes life is just a struggle? Have you felt that? Man, sometimes life is just a struggle. Maybe it's a a struggle to, to keep your hope up. Maybe it's a struggle to keep your faith up. Maybe it's a struggle to keep your optimism up. Whatever the case may be, life can just seem like a struggle at times. And it is. Here's how Paul says it in Ephesians 6. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is a struggle. Because you and I have a God that loves us desperately, but we also have an enemy who hates you desperately. And the struggle many times is about what we do in certain situations. Right after that, Paul then says, so in order that you can win in this struggle, you have to put on what's called the armor of God. And you put on every day. And the first piece of armor he says we have to put on is called the belt of truth. The belt of truth. So let me ask you, what's a belt do? It keeps your pants up. How many know that the world would be a lot better if everybody just kept their pants up? Can we agree on that one? I'm just saying. But if you are running a race and you don't have a belt on and your pants are always slipping down, it's going to be hard for you to run a race that you are meant to run when you're always having to struggle. You're going to trip all the time. You're going to trip all the time. That's why Paul says you have to have a belt of truth on you. See, in our world today, we don't always like belts of truth. We like belts of our emotions, belts of what we think we want to do, our reasoning, what the world says. No. It's a belt of truth. And I want to give you a belt of truth, a truth today. And here's the truth. The secret of living is giving. Say that with me. The secret of living is giving. The key to whatever you want in life, the key is found in giving. So for example, when you give your life to Jesus, it's the key to salvation. When you give your anger to God, it's the key to finding peace in your life. When you give love to other people, it's the key to finding fulfillment in your own life. And when you give back to God, it's all His. 
back to God, it's the key for Him now to release to you everything that you need. I was reading an article just recently this week. It was heartbreaking because it talks about where in the United States right now is spiritual faith, where is Christianity in the world? But in the United States, every number is down, every number. But here's the one that really caught me. Average Christians right now, the Christians that give, their average giving is 2.2%. That's what the average Christians give right now, 2.2%. It's not a belt of truth. And they wonder why they get tripped up on so many areas of life. See, God says, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test us to see if we really trust him. And that's why he says a tithe, it's all mine. Anyway, I'm just asked that you return back to me what's mine. And if, if I find that you can trust me, then I can trust you and I'll give. It's a belt of truth. So I pray that for you, you would wear the belt of truth, not the belt of your emotions, not the belt of what's good in our finances right now or anything else. Wear a belt of truth, trust God, and he will pour out to you more than you could ever imagine. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that you have shown us the way to fight this struggle. And it's the armor. And so God, right now, we want to put on an, a belt of truth, the fact that the secret of living is giving. And you've modeled it in every aspect. So God, as we now return back to you, it's all yours, <laughs> always has been. But as we turn back to you, we say we trust you now. It's a belt of truth. We trust you. And in doing so, we say thank you in advance because you're going to show yourself faithful to us back to that way. We love you and are grateful for it. We ask this in your name. Amen. If you would open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. The first movie of the series came out in 1995. It was really cute. I mean, really cute. But no one would have imagined the impact it would have. In fact, it took really us by surprise. The movie, Toy Story. Recently, Toy Story 4 just came out. How many of you saw Toy Story 4? The Toy Story series, the animated, marvelous fun of Woody, his best friend, Buzz Lightyear, and all their Toy Story friends. Think about this. Toy Story 4, in and of itself, just in movie sales and DVD sales, did $1 billion. If you take all four of the movies as a set, not including any toys, any shirts, or clothing, or royalties of any form, just ticket sales and DVD sales alone, $3.5 billion, that's with a B, dollars. That's a lot. Why? Because it's so cute? It is cute. That's not the reason. The reason is because Toy Story cuts to the core, really, of all of our hearts, of something that we all understand, young and old alike. Very simple. We all desire to be fully loved and fully accepted. And one of our greatest fears for all of us is that there would come a point in our life where we're not worth anything anymore. We're not needed anymore and we're thrown away. Maybe it's a marriage and you're not needed anymore. Maybe in a job or vocation, you're not needed anymore. Maybe in a situation as you get older and you can't take care of yourself by family, you're not needed anymore. In fact, the theme song to the movie is a song that, to be honest, we all want to hear. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Mark Twain said it this way. If you die and you have one real friend, you have been a wealthy person. So let me ask you, 
How many of you would love to have one more awesome friend in your life? You'd love to have one more. Absolutely. Well, welcome to this new series called Real Friends. And I'm humbled and honored that Pastor Keith's allowed me to open God's Word with you today as we look at how do you build awesome friendships, awesome relationships. You know, Ole and Sven were great friends, awesome friends. They did everything together. So when Ole decided that he wanted to get a new job, Sven said, I'm coming with you. I'm going to apply too. And they both did. And so they both filled out the applications and they met with the HR person. And, and she looked at Ole and said, we're going to hire you, but Sven, we're not going to hire you. He was devastated. He goes, but he's my friend. I want to do everything with him. He said, why? He says, well, because Ole answered all the questions. Very good. All the answers to yours were me too. Well, me too is a great friendship. So let's look at how do you build awesome friendships. If you take out your message notes, we're going to first of all start, though, at why you should have awesome friends. Why? Now, you won't see these on your notes. You maybe want to take the back and write some of these thoughts down. The reasons why you and I should have real friends, awesome friends in our life. Here's one of the reasons for spiritual growth. For what? Spiritual growth. I, I, I love gardens. How, how many of you had a garden this year? Any of you have a garden this year? Okay, some people do. Should I tell you why I love gardens? Because in the spring, you plant the seed and boom, you just wait, you come back in the fall and you harvest it. It's it. Easy. Bang, right? No? Okay, talk to me. What else do you need other than the seed if you're going to have an awesome garden? What do you need? Water's a good thing. You better have some sun. You better have fertilizer, things to kill the weeds, maybe things to keep critters out and everything else. You need a number of things, not just the seed, if you're going to have an awesome garden. If you want to have an awesome walk with Jesus, there's a seed, that's your believing, but you need more than the seed. That will not do it. In order to have everything that God wants you to become and become that, you have to have people around you. They are part of the journey of you having spiritual growth. Here's how Romans 1 says it. I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. We need each other. It's a reason. Here's a second reason that you need friends in your life for better health. For what? Better health, both physically and emotionally. I, I got my first turntable when I was in ninth grade. It's a portable little turntable with two little speakers. And I got my first LP, my first album. Now, for those of you who are young, what that is, that's a really big CD. It's a really big CD. You put on this thing, it spins around, you put a needle on it. That's, that's what it was. And it's the only one I had for the first year. So I listened to it all the time. It was by the religious group, Three Dog Night. Man. I mean, songs that changed my life, like Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, still touches me today. But they had a song, it was a hit of theirs, about a number. And the number was one. And they said something about it. They said, number one is the? It's the loneliest number you'll ever do. And they're actually right. Number one is the loneliest number you'll ever do. And yet, what does everybody in America want to strive for? To be number one. Isn't it crazy? Say, say these two words, would you? One another. Do you realize that in the Bible, those two use, words are used together 58 times in the Bible. It means that we can't do life without each other. We need each other. In fact, there's two kinds of people, I think, VDPs and VIPs. VDPs are very dependent people. Man, they will sap the life out of you. Have you known some of those people? 
wow. Every time you're around them, it feels like they've just drained something from you. They always kind of want to suck you down to their level. There's other people called VIPs, very inspirational people. Man, you get around them and you feel like they've lifted you up, that they've encouraged you, man, that they have inspired you instead of tiring you. See, we were never meant to be solo. In fact, a lot of people that I know that are solo are so low. That's what I find in life. But you know what? It's not just about emotional health. It's also about physical health, and science confirms this. Listen to this. The California Department of Mental Health has discovered that people that don't have friends are two to three times more likely to die an early death, four times more likely to suffer from emotional burnout, five times more likely to suffer clinical depression, and 10 times more likely to be hospitalized for an emotional or mental disorder. One of the reasons is because with friends, you have somewhere to kind of unload some of the emotional baggage. Here's how James 5 says it. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Here's a phrase you might want to write down I think is very, very true. It says this, revealing your feelings is the beginning of healings. It really is. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healings. Here's another reason to have friends. It's just more funner. It's just more funner. Now you might say, that's not a word. It is. I just said it. Because there's fun and there's funner, just like there was dumb and dumber. And if you ever watched that movie, they were awesome friends when you can say, hey, buddy, just let it go. Just let it go. That's, a, that's an awesome friend. You know, life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. But the reality is this. You can have all the possessions in the world, all the money in the world, all the pleasures in the world. But if your relationships stink, <laughs> your life stinks. It's just more funner when you have great friends with you. Here's the last reason that I'll say to uh, have awesome friends, and it's to reach your goals. To reach your what? Here's how Ecclesiastes 4 says it. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Charles Lindbergh became known around the world overnight, literally, when at age 25, he flew nonstop in a solo airplane by himself from New York to Paris. Do you remember the name of the plane? Spirit of St. Louis. And in that, he became the solo pilot, first one to do it. But the reality is this, he didn't do it alone. Any great thing that's been done has never been alone. He had a company that produced the airplane. He had people that helped finance. He had others on both ends that worked with him. It was a team effort. I've heard some guy say it this way, if you ever get to a fence post and you see a turtle on it, always know that it didn't get there by himself. Anything great in life, you need other people, and you need them to achieve your goals. Here's how Romans 12 says, and I want us to read this one out loud together. Would you read this one with me? Here we go. We are all parts of God's one body, and each one of us belongs to each other, and each of us need all the others. So turn the person on both sides of you right now and say, I need you. Okay? Now turn back to him and say, you need me. Now turn back one last time and say, can I borrow $1,000? Just test it out here. Just test it out. So those are some of the reasons. Let me ask you, how many of you really do would love to have one more awesome friend in your life? Absolutely. So in honor of Christmas coming up, we're going to give the four golden rules of how to establish and build great relationships. And I can say this, if you're married, why don't you try these at home first? I think it'll change some things. So first golden rule 
You have to invest time. Say that with me. You have to invest time. Now, some of you are runners, okay? God bless you. I think there's something wrong with you emotionally, but that's okay. Okay, I don't need to understand, but I pray for you. But here's the thing I know. If you're a runner, you can run solo and you can get there faster. But if you're willing to slow down maybe a little bit so others can run with you or maybe even walk with you, you'll have a lot more fun. It takes time. See, anything that you invest in, there's a cost to it. And to build awesome friendships, there's an investment, a cost of time, energy. You have to be able to do it. I, I heard this and I think it's really good. An awesome friend is a friend who invests in you knowing you can't pay them back. That's a good friend. Here's how Proverbs 18 says it. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. How many of you ever heard of the golden rule? Do unto others as Yep, you want them to do off you. If you look at your message notes, you'll find that each of the rules have the same three words to start. What are they? You have to. Which says this, if you want more awesome friends in your life, you take the initiative. You and I take the initiative. You and I take the effort. It, the ball is in our court. See, because it takes effort. Real friends are worth it, but it takes time. We live in a world where everybody claims how many friends they have. Man, I got all these friends on Facebook, all my friends on social media. Can I just say this? Yay for you if you have 10,000 friends on Facebook. They're not friends. They're acquaintances. Real friends, awesome friends, have skin and they're in your presence. That's important to understand. In, in fact, I say this. To those of you who are watching online, I'm so grateful that you join us. I really do. Now, some of you obviously are celebrators that come and for today, you might be sick at home or on a vacation. Yay. But let me give a word of encouragement to those of you who are, do not live in the area, and this is your church service, okay? We're grateful, but I'm gonna encourage you, you need to find a local church because when you have to have somebody in your presence, which you will need in your life, we can't be that for you. So while you listen, I appreciate that, find a local church with some great, awesome people that can be an awesome friend to you, and you will need that in your life. I encourage that way. See, people sometimes say, I can't be with you, physically, but I'm with you in spirit. I sometimes hear people say that. <laughs> you know what that means? Nothing. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Man, I don't need your spirit. I already have his spirit. Amen. I need you in flesh. We need the presence. You know, Pastor Keith and I really are awesome friends. We really are. You know why? We've been together 15 years. Do you think that he has seen everything in me, and I've seen probably everything. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, but because of time, we have this awesome, awesome friendship. Here's how the song in Toy Story says it. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead, you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. Just remember what your old pal said. You got a, you got a friend in me. You have to invest time. Well, let's go on. Here's the second golden rule. It is you have to build trust. Say that with me. You have to build trust. Without trust, there's no friendship. You can, you can talk to acquaintances, but you trust your friends. Here's how Proverbs 20 says it. Many people claim to be a friend, but it's rare. Think about that. It's rare to find someone who is truly trustworthy. Hmm. So if you and I want to be trustworthy to build an awesome friendship, how do you do that? Here's a couple thoughts for you. A couple ways to build trust. First of all, you are reliable. You're what? Reliable, reliable which means 
You say what you do, but you do what you say. People can count on you. They know that you will carry through on what you've said. The Bible says this, a friend loves at all times. How many times? All. They're reliable. Another part of being reliable is that you can keep confidences. You can keep secrets. Can I say this? I can keep a secret. I can. It's the people I tell that can't, and it makes me mad when they don't. It just frustrates me. See, everybody in life needs a person that's safe. I love it the way it says this, a, a person that when they know everything about you, they won't react, they won't retreat, and they won't repeat. That's a good friend. Question, are you and I safe? Really? Can we be trusted in that way? The mark of a true friend is they know everything about you and they're still your friend. Proverbs 11 says, a true friend will keep a secret. It's a good friend. Here's another way to build trust. When you are loyal. When you're what? Loyal. Bill and George were very loyal friends. They had been loyal friends for decades. In fact, one of the things that they did every Saturday morning, 7 o'clock, is they went out and golfed together. They were very loyal to each other. One November morning, Bill's wife wakes him up about 5.30 and says, don't even get out of bed. It is nasty outside. Man, it is raining. It's turning to sleet. It's going down. It's just under 30 degrees now. It's supposed to get down to 20. The wind's like 30 miles an hour. Don't even get out of bed. He says, uh-uh. Nope, George is counting on me. I got to be there. She said, it's going to be miserable. He says, I got to go. He goes. Noon, he's not back. Three o'clock, he's not back. Five o'clock, he's not back. 7.30, it's been dark for hours. He comes back, looks like he's been through a car wash. He slumps down in his chair. Wife looks at him and says, it was miserable, wasn't it? He says, it was terrible. He says, I told you the bad, it was bad. It was it bad? He says, it was horrendous. She says, I told you, I told you. He says, the weather wasn't the worst part. On the second hole, George had a heart attack. He says, oh my word. He says, in the whole rest of the round, he said, was hit the ball, drag George. Hit the ball, drag George. Man, have a loyal friend like that. <laughs> Loyalty is the term we don't talk about very much anymore because to be honest, as a whole, we're not very loyal people. We're not loyal to brands. We're not loyal to churches. We're not loyal to marriage. We're just not loyal. Proverbs 17 says it this way. A true friend is always loyal. Always loyal. In the good and the, and the bad. And the bad and the bad. Go Minnesota Twins. <laughs> you know, in a world of Facebook and social media, if you and I have a friend that does something that frustrates us or we don't particularly like anymore, what do we do with them? You unfriend them. That's exactly what you do, absolutely. What would happen if God unfriended us every time we blow it? I'm glad he doesn't. Here's how the Toy Story song says it. You got a friend in me. If you got troubles, I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together and can see it through because you got a friend in me. So how do you build awesome relationships? You first of all have to invest what? Then you build so turn to somebody right now and say, you got a friend in me. Just say it to him. All right. Third golden rule, and it's this. You have to give unconditional acceptance. Say that with me. You have to give unconditional acceptance. This is big. How many of you would admit that you have flaws? You have hangups. You have habits, things in your life that 
We all have them. Unconditional friends says that even when they find that out, they're still with you. Here's how Romans 15 says it. Accept one another. Ouch, I don't like this next part. Just as Christ has accepted you, then God will be glorified. Think about that. Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. See, we try to accept people the way we want them to be. That's what we want, not for who they are. Let's be honest. How many of you ever known the person that you just went, man, if I could just change this about them. Man, if I could just, if I could tweak this, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. Let me ask you, if I, if I put a piece of paper down here and said after the service, here's all I want you to do. I want you to come up and I want, to, I want you to write on that piece of paper everything you can change about somebody else. And you can use both sides of the paper. How much are you going to write down? Because what can you and I change about anybody? Nothing. You can't. All we can change is how we look at them and how we perceive it. In fact, look at this. Proverbs 17. Ouch. Think about this in a marriage or as a parent. Overlooking a person's faults cultivates love, but nagging about them destroys friendships. Wow. If you want to have a successful marriage, accepting each other unconditionally is the key. In fact, if you're not married, let me give you a piece of advice. If you're not married and you someday want to be, before you get married, keep your eyes wide open. Keep your eyes wide open going into marriage, and once you get married, close one of them. It is true because you have to learn to accept the person just as they are. It's also the power of a life group. Man, this series of Unshakable was such a great series and so many of you got in life groups. Stay in them. There's over 300 life groups, every kind of age, demographic, everything. But the one thing in common, they're all made up of imperfect people. In fact, if you're not in a life group right now, we still have room for more imperfect people. You can flat out join us every time. Here's how the Toy Story song says it. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am, bigger and stronger too, maybe. But none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you. So how do you build awesome relationships? You invest what? You build what? And then accept them? Absolutely. So turn to somebody right now and say, I accept you unconditionally. Here we go. Fourth golden rule, you have to celebrate the other person. Say that with me. You have to celebrate the other person. You know, in America, we celebrate some really stupid stuff. I mean, we really do. I am not making this up. These are actual national days. You can find this on the internet. January 13th is national blame someone else day. It seems to me that that's every day in Washington, D.C. My word. How about this? August 6th. Interesting one. National Wiggle Your Toes Day. Now, this one's coming up. This one's coming up in just a few weeks. November 24th. Get ready for it. It's national. Not making it up. Use even if the seal is broken day. Are you kidding me? We celebrate some lame stuff. But you know what isn't lame? It's when you celebrate someone else and you rejoice in them, but also when things aren't going so good. Here's how Romans 12 says it. Rejoice with those who what? And then mourn with those who what? See, awesome friends will always lift you higher, even if it's higher than them. 
That's key. Awesome friends will always want you to expand and become everything you can be, even if it's beyond them. That's an awesome friend. See, in our country, we don't do that. Here's, here's the motto of America. The motto of America is this. Get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on the can. That's the motto of our country. We talked about it earlier. Jesus says, ah, it's not about getting, it's about giving. See, here's the point. If you and I wait for people to celebrate us and we look at us being celebrated, you're going to have a miserable life. A miserable life. Why? Because you're always trying to find the next thing that can be celebrated about you. But if you start looking to celebrate on anything else that anybody else can be celebrated in, you're going to have a marvelous life because there's always something to celebrate about somebody else. Does that make sense? Maybe you didn't get the promotion, but they did. Maybe you didn't get to have the child, but they did. Maybe your cancer wasn't cured, but theirs was. That's what it means to celebrate. And I want us to look at 1 Samuel 18 because it's the great picture of everything we've talked about to this point. 1 Samuel 18 is a story of two people, Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of King Saul. So if you are the son of a king, what's your next role? You're the king. You're in line to be the king. The other player in the story is David. David has just killed Goliath and become a national hero like that. So if you have somebody that just became a national hero and you're the next in line to a king, what potentially could that person be to you? A threat. They're a threat. They're a national hero and you're next in line, it could be a threat. But listen and watch. It's chapter 18, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Think about that. He loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. It's repeated twice. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing, which was a robe of royalty, and gave it. To David, along with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Jonathan says, I know I'm supposed to be next in line, but I celebrate you. My friendship, I love you as much as I love myself, and I want to celebrate you, and everything I have is yours. Now turn just a couple pages over to chapter 20, the last two verses of chapter 20, starting verse 41. This is now at the end of the story. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. This is the last time they'll ever see each other on earth. Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. Man, when you celebrate somebody like that, an awesome friend, when you have time, you have trust, you have unconditional acceptance, you celebrate, that goes on and on. In fact, here's how Toy Story says it. As the years go by, our friendship will never die. You're going to see it's our destiny. You got a friend in me. Maybe for you, as we talk about friendships, it's a hard topic because Maybe you had an awesome friend at one time. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was somebody else. 
and they're not anymore. And you were deeply hurt by them. And because of that, you've done this. And you've put up your walls and you're safe because you can have a thousand Facebook friends, but you're safe. But you're not willing to have some awesome friends physically because it might hurt. And you've done this to friends, you've done this to maybe family, and you've done this to God. Can I encourage you? What if you just let that go? Start with letting him be an awesome friend to you. And in doing so, he can now allow you to be friends this way as well. It's the start of everything. It really is. I want you to hear the Toy Story song in the entirety, but not thinking of it from the movie end, but thinking of it as Jesus saying, I want to be your friend. Would you listen? You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and miles and miles from your nice woman, you just remember what your old pal said, cause you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. If you got troubles, and I've got them too, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. If we stick together, we can see it through, cause you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Some of the folks might be a little bit smaller than I am, bigger and stronger too. Maybe, but none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you, boy. And as the years go by, our friendship will never die. You're going to see it's our destiny Cause you've got a friend in me Yeah, you've got a friend in me The vision of Celebrate is two words. Help people meet Jesus. Because here's what we believe at the core of where we are, that when you meet Jesus, you will meet a friend that you've dreamt of. Jesus has been my greatest friend forever. I mean, he's been loyal when I wasn't. I could trust him when he couldn't trust me, maybe. He's never let me down when I've always let him down. He's been there in every aspect. He has been the most incredible friend ever. Maybe for some of you, you've never understood what it means to have Jesus really be that to you. Maybe today that's where you start. Maybe for some of you, your starting point and your action point is you need to take it home because you're married and while you might be partners and lovers, you are not friends. And it all starts with an awesome friendship and maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe for some of you, your starting point is recognizing and realizing, okay, I have been hurt and I have done this. I did that. And so, okay, I'm going to let that go, and I'm going to get some help on that. I'm going to talk to some people about that, because I want to be able to be friends to others. See, if I ask you, how many people out in our community really need one more awesome friend named Jesus? How many of you would say that they could use friend of Jesus? Friends, 
if we want them to meet Jesus, we have to be Jesus to them. We have to be the friend. And when we spend time with them, they can, we can trust them, they can trust us. We accept them just the way they are. They don't have to clean up for us. And we celebrate them, they're gonna step forward and then we can introduce them to the greatest friend they'll ever have. That's what it means. So I'm gonna pray for us, then we're gonna worship. As we do, when you, after prayer, you're gonna find that there's gonna be some awesome friends up here. Friends that if you wanna come and you say, man, I, I, I wanna know what it means to be a friend of Jesus, they can help you on that. Or you say, I mean, I've got some stuff I've been holding, I just need to let it go. Maybe some hardness of my heart, whatever the case is, let them help you. Maybe it's something that you have a concern about somebody else, let them pray with you. Let them be an awesome friend to you. But in doing this, let's go out and let's go out there and let's be awesome friends. Because man, people just need one more real friend. Let that be you and I. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are such an awesome friend. Man, you never stop loving. You never stop caring. You never stop giving. You never stop helping. You're always there. You never leave. Thank you for that. God, I pray for each person here. Maybe whatever their journey is, God, that you'll help them understand what it means to be a friend to you. And, and just during the week, just be able to talk to you just like a friend, just like this. God, thank you for that. But God, help us now then to go out and be friends to people. And in that, that they would come to know you. We love you. And we praise you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.